0: Hello there, this is host Doug. This episode of Mr. Write is the Why Am I Not Writing panel from Mile High Con 2016. So I hope you enjoy as they talk about why you're not writing and why you shouldn't not be writing. Enjoy!
1: I am the moderator, the panels called Why Am I Not Writing and uh, I'll Who's let the panel? other panelists introduce themselves um, uh, to right. my right. Okay. Uh, I met Bryant was
2: never located his name placard here. What is mine? What's it say? What say? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll use it. All right, anyway, uh, okay. I'm I'm a writer, sometime editor, sometime this, sometime that. And uh, uh, I'll just say before I pass it on to Jim that Uh, I'm one of the world's champions at not writing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm James Van Pelt.
0: I write mostly short stories. I had a novel come out at Worldcon, a young adult novel called Pandora's Gun. Um, I uh, had problems with my own productivity after I I decided I really was a writer, and I used to add up my numbers at the end of the year and say how productive have I been, and I always was disappointed. So, it'd be like 30,000 words at the end of the year. So, for novelists in the room who actually uh, are working at that's that's a stupidly low number. It takes you a long time to write anything at that rate. And, uh, and I was that slow because um, I heard uh, Stephen King say that 1,000 words a day was what he tried to do. I thought, well, that seems reasonable. That's four pages. I can do that. But I couldn't. I, I, I could on a good day. But on a bad day, if I saw there wasn't enough time to do 1,000 words, I wouldn't write at all. It just went for weeks and weeks. So uh, I wrote like that for nine years, 25,000, 35,000 a word, year, words a year, and then uh, I was adding my numbers and things looked bad for me for that year, and I said, what would make me happy? I can't do 1,000 a day like Stephen King. Um, What could I do instead? And I was going to add up to about 35,000 that year, and I said, well, I'd be happier if I did double that. I did the math. It was 200 words a day. I did that in September of 1999. I haven't missed a day since. So 200 words a day. So why am I not writing is because I am a
3: terrible procrastinator and awful, I had to give myself some discipline. Um, so I think that's exactly right, uh, by the way, I'm Mike Carroll, I'm an astronomical artist, I've written uh, 27 books, uh, most of which have been nonfiction space things. I have a novel out this year, um, and I think you're right about the discipline. Um, writing is an art. And like any kind of art, like dance, or, uh, like painting, um, there is a discipline to it—a self-discipline. And so, uh, part of the reason why am I not writing is that I'm just not being disciplined at the time. Uh, some of it is just focusing in on what you need to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. Um,
4: my name is Rebecca Lickes. Um Several years ago. Uh, we had several life events that made writing tough, um, but I kept plowing through it and kept writing and kept writing until a little over two years ago when <coughs> life went directly down the toilet. And um, it was about August of 13. I had just gotten almost, I'm like, 5,000 words away from the end of this novel, and it was the second one I'd written that year. and. Uh, it came to a crashing, grinding halt, and I didn't write anything for two years.
1: Okay, well, like I said, my name is Mario Estredo. Uh I am the author of the Felix Gomez vampire detective novels. I've uh, written uh, six, published six under that uh, under that, uh, that, that, that series. Um, in my day job, I am a freelance writer, and I've ghostwritten probably five novels and a couple, and about four. Uh, uh, non fiction uh, books, and I've written and published a number of short stories. Um, so, uh, how many people here are writers?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe one or two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I said writers. I said writers. I said writers, okay? And how many people here have problems? Sit down and put and pin the page. That is that is why they're here. Okay. All right. Uh, I, ha- I have my own very definite ideas about what what you need to do. Um, and we'll get back to that later. Because uh, I taught I've taught like a four and a six-week course on this exact uh, topic, so uh, a lot. And I, I think I have the answers. But <laughs> you will you, you <laughs> yourself have to you know come, come to that. So we will start with Ed. Ed. Share with us. Well, I'm a
2: strong believer in using child psychology with oneself. <laughs> in the sense that, uh, first of all, and this has been touched upon already, uh, I feel a certain sense of envy for any of you out there who find writing to be this really great exercise, that, or just the ideas spill out and the execution of those ideas. Spills out on paper or on the screen. Um, I find writing, and I always have found writing, to be extraordinarily hard work. And I'm a lazy person. <laughs> I don't like working. I'm, 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 I'm the world's worst example in some writing classes because I love the feeling of having written. I don't like the writing process. Yeah, it's better to be an author than a writer. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but
2: the necessary evil, though, at heart is you've got to do the work. You all those, all those chestnuts about applying the seat of the pants to the seat of the chair, and so forth and so on. When I talk about child psychology, it can be such things as rewarding myself if I get a certain amount of work done give myself uh, an ice cream bar, or a popsicle in hot weather, Uh, or use, you know, that's the carrot. Then there's the stick. The stick is something like sitting, looking at whatever my writing medium is, and saying, damn it, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to stare at the screen, or sometimes the paper still, and... If I don't get any work done, it doesn't matter. I'm going to sit here for an hour, for two hours. And while I'm also lazy, as well as that, I get bored easily. And so I don't like staring at a blank surface where I want to get something accomplished. So basically, I'm saying I'm doing whatever I need to do to get the work done. Usually that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Some people think that I've been very prolific in my life, but that's just because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've had 40 some odd years to accumulate work. I mean, it sounds great to tell people that right now, as is the fact, that um, there's an editor who has been working with me and putting together a retrospective of my short fiction. Right now, it's at like 1,700, 1,800 pages of text. That's terrific, but that's also a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but these things add up. It adds up for us a Look how it's added up for Jim by his account. So, I'm just saying. Part of the bottom line here is find the technique that works for you. Mm. If you need to be beaten about the head, use pain. <laughs> like that, fine. If it works, to use a reward. Uh, Let's say, let's say you can find somebody who's very close to you personally who, if you turn in, oh, 2,000 words a day, a decent draft, will grant you sexual favors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what the technique is. Just find what works for you. So there
0: are two chairs there. Yeah. so there, you know, there's some people standing and actually I know not everybody standing is comfortable um, <laughs> so I think I would second everything about how Ed described his psychology about writing I, th- I think of myself as a profoundly lazy person um, not doing things is way more fun for me than doing things a lot of times and there are all kinds of projects that I don't start including writing ones so uh, I have to do something kind of mechanistic to make the work happen, and that means, uh, uh, for me, it's maintaining the streak that I'm on now, because um, I, I write 200 words a day, that's my minimum, but I hardly ever stop at 200. I need to get, if I'm 200 into anything, it's hard not to keep going, and all of a sudden it's 400, and 400 just double. That's, I'm gravy with that, I'm happy with that. Uh, I suffer a little bit from production envy, uh, uh, Jay Lake was a good friend of mine, and he, uh, we coined a term for him. There's a new uh, kind of measurement, it's called a lake. How yeah, did kind of you? It's something you ask a writer, and you ask him how much you wrote today, he said, well I did a lake and a half, that would be 3,000 words. Jay Lake <laughs> hit 2,000 words a day all the time, just regularly, he could do 2,000 words in an hour, mm. um, which was just awesome. So it's a measure of uh, distance and also time. So how are you doing? You know, I do about a lake a day. Uh, so that, that's that's my trick for that. But uh, what I wanted to say is that I did an online thing where I was doing an online writing uh, workshop, and everybody was coming in, and we were doing live streaming of this. And people were typing to me the most bizarre thing. It was just it was a room like this, except everybody's at the computers, and people would type. I just never find time to write. And I'm saying, what the hell are you thinking? You're at the keyboard right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing right now. There's no magic time to start or anything. It's not like there's a writing time during the day. You're there right now. I watch Kevin Anderson writing while sitting a, in his plane waiting to take off. Walk by. What's he doing? He's got his laptop open and he's typing away. Because what else do you do in a plane? You could be writing. And he, he does. He goes on hikes and he can uh, talk his novels, which I can't do. But um, I think that the the real, you know, when I hear somebody say I can't write, I'm having trouble getting started, or something, you I feel total sympathy and complete disregard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like contempt and sympathy at the same time, because it's self-contempt when I tell myself that, and self-sympathy. Mm-hmm. It's
4: it's hard. Okay. Rebecca. Um, I agree with everything that they've said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to find what works for you. And um, it is it is work, and it is hard work. And, you know, the last couple of years, my problem has been I have been putting all of my energy into, you know, personal problems. And, and my husband, for those of you that don't know, my husband passed away recently from cancer.
5: Oh. And
4: um, he went for... A year and three or four months where the doctors kept saying, he's going to die any minute. He's going to die any minute. He's going to die any minute. And the first time it happened, yeah, oh, yeah, that was loads loads of fun. Just so much fun. Um, First time it happened, I called all the family, everybody gathered, and he didn't die. (laughs) And then the second time it happened, I'm like, we're going to hold off on calling everybody
5: because
4: I heard this a month ago. We're gonna see what happens. And twenty-four hours later, forty-eight hours later, he was still alive. And you know, by the time it had been nine months, they would say to me, you know, or, or sorry, he's just gonna pass any minute. I'd look at him and go, Yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> it didn't happen. Obviously he's not taking doctors' advice on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should try and do something. Oh, there's nothing we can No, I'm telling you right now, if you go back and look in his records, We've heard this before, and he's still not dead. So he's not taking doctor's advice, and would you please do something? And spending spending over a year fighting nonstop with the doctors to try to get them to do something and have them telling me, no, there's nothing we can do. And I would pull up, you know, this medical journal or this study and go, look, you could do this. No, no, that wouldn't be ethical. We can't do that. And I just, they, they wanted him, uh, anyway, yeah. move all this aside. But spending all that time and energy and effort that I would have used for writing was now being used for something that was totally stupid. And it is, it does, it takes it out of you. And it is a job. And it takes work, and it takes effort. And if you're going to bed every night and crashing, you know, and getting, you know, five, six hours of sleep, you just, you can't. You don't have the time. You don't have the energy. You don't have the effort. And my hardest problem with myself is forgiving me.
3: Mm -hmm. It's okay. Okay. You like to call me? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, writing speaks to a very deep level in our experience. We, we you know, pull on, on things that surround us, things that we have to live through. That's one thing that makes it so powerful. Um, Gene Shepard famously said, writing is easy. All you do is stare at a sheet of white paper until drops of blood form on your
5: forehead. (laughs) And I
3: think that's true for most of us. Um, But I do want to give you a word of encouragement. If you're you're at that place where we all get now and then, um, don't feel guilty about it. It's part of the process. Um, P.D. James, the great mystery writer, said that nothing need be wasted for the rider. In other words, everything we do, everything we live through, everything we experience makes us who we are, makes us the rider we are, gives us the tools to go even further and so if you're in a little desert right now, ride it out, work through it uh, because there, there is an oasis at the end it.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, I, I will tell you, if you're serious about riding, no matter what your level is, there's one book I would recommend you get, and I'm going to give it to you right now. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And I, I got it on my Kindle, $7.99. It's definitely worth it. It's like 100 pages. And in it, he tells you exactly why you write and you don't write. And he has this concept called resistance. And what resistance is, This resistance that prevents you from doing the things that you want to do. And he and he analyzes it, and he says that the, it's the curious thing with this resistance is, in that it always works you, it always prevents you from going upward. In other words, when you sit down and do something you have to do, and not necessarily writing, but you know we all have different callings. You know we have the job, but we all have different callings that that pull us. But in doing the work that has to do with that calling, the, the more we want to do it, the more resistance, the more roadblocks we we put in front of ourselves. There are no. There's no resistance to sitting on your couch and binging on Netflix and eating Doritos. That's that. That is not that. Resistance is this call to go upward, and the the, the demons that we put in front in in our paths. uh, uh, We, uh, you know, we we tell ourselves, tell ourselves we're not good. We tell ourselves that uh, we're wasting our time. We have this element of fear that comes in. We put our work. We take it to a critique group. You know, they're going to chop it up. You know, we send query letters and getting uh, rejections and those kinds of things. So we have that, those, those resistance blocks that, that, we, that we have to put in. So we have to address that resistance. We have to look at that when it arises, and we have to look at that, and we have to ask ourselves, why am I not writing at this moment? What excuses am I giving to myself for writing at, at this exact moment? And you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Maybe you like the concept of being a writer, being better, rather than actually being a writer. Now, when I'm saying being honest to yourself, you don't have to justify this to anybody but yourself. You know when you're not being honest, okay? Things happen in our lives, okay? We cannot sit at the the computer. Things don't come to us automatically all the time. But you have to see that you have to recognize that resistance, and I have a little quote that I have from Stephen Princefield talking about that resistance. In that, when you start to do things, all of a sudden your mind starts to chatter and starts to come up with things like, "Oh my God, why are you doing this? Somebody's making more money than you are. Somebody, you're gonna write this thing; it's never gonna go anywhere. National bestseller. Oh, you gotta clean the toilet. You know, you, gotta <laughs> the doors, you, know? you got weeds in the yard. All this kinds of stuff. So all this chatter comes in." And so when that... Go on Facebook. we got to go on Facebook. you got to go, go on Twitter. All of a sudden, that's very important. So when those things start to happen, you have to recognize very consciously that is happening. And you have to say to yourself, I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to work. Okay? It's a very, very conscious decision that you're going to have to do. And uh, whatever your writing session here is. Now, I'm lucky. I can sit down. I'm a full-time writer. So, I, you know, I have... And I know my my schedule. Okay. And I'm a morning person, right? And I know that if, if, if I waste my my time in the morning, screwing around on Facebook or whatever, that that is writing, that is brain time, brain fuel, that high-octane brain fuel that I am not spending mm-hmm. writing what is going to pay the bills, okay? I can do that other stuff any other time. So you have to recognize that, okay? And you have to recognize that if, if writing is important to you, you're going to have to set time to yourself, for yourself. And, and it's really not this thing of setting rewards for yourself or anything like that. It's just recognize that you have control over that, Okay? and that is that resistance coming in, Okay, the demons. Fortunately, and the way Presbyter lays that out in his book, he's got it broken down in three sections. But in the third part of the book, he talks about the loftier terms of, of writing, of storytelling. And he says if we have demons, we also have angels. And the angels are this desire for you to write, for you to share your stories. And those are very legitimate. Okay, that is... People, like, like, I'm a, I, hey, I totally embrace being a, a, a commercial a writer. I'm not literary at all. But who the hell goes to a movie to say, hey, teach me something? They're like, no, entertain me, right? Okay? Mm-hmm. You open you open a book about, you know, this is this is my crowd, right? Mile High right? Genre, fantasy and stuff. That's what I want. You better give it to me, goddammit. So, that's what the stories I'm going to write. Entertain me, right? Entertain me. Keep me turning the pages. Make me believe in your characters. That is a very lofty goal. Nobody sat around the campfire and said, "Hey, let's talk about calculus." Tax records. Like, talk about heroes. Talk about these grand stories, right? So those are lofty things to do. So, you know, so that's pulling you. That's pulling you. So you have to recognize that you have these angels telling you, "Hey, write these stories. Share them down. Put in the time. Do the work." Right? Like, there's a quote is. When opportunity shows up, it's always dressed in work clothes, okay? It's never showing up in flip-flops and a Speedo. Hey, let's go rub sand, you know, oil. It's like, grab that shovel and get to work, okay? So you have to recognize that. If that's what you're going to do, you're going to have to do the work. Now, also also recognize that everybody, every artist goes through this. Leonardo da Vinci, right? One of the great geniuses in history. One of his quotes says, It is easier to resist at the beginning then at the end. In other words, every time you sit down you're like, okay, stop. And there's different techniques, okay? And like Ed said, whatever works, everybody's different, okay? What works for you? Some people, like Hemingway wrote 300, 350 words a day, and no one's going to say that he was a slacker, okay? Other people, I have friends of mine that they get on word wars on Twitter, 6,000 words a day. I'm like, how the hell? I can't even think. I hit, personally, I hit
4: when I sit down, if I
1: can hit and hit 1,600 words, I feel really good for myself. If I hit 2,000 words in a writing session, I'm done. I'm done. Okay? And, 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 and I, I'm, so I'm not going to try to compete with somebody who can write 600 words a day. But I'm being honest with myself and saying, I'm doing what I have to do. Okay? So that's what you have to do, be very honest with yourself. Recognize that, that you are putting roadblocks in front of yourself. But recognize if you're doing that, you also have the ability to get around those roadblocks. And there's, there's, if, if you have to don't make justifications for yourself. In other words, don't don't rationalize it. If it's good for you, if you're just going to be a drama queen about it, be one of those kind of people who goes to writing and say, oh, I'm going to write this book, but you know, blah 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 and blah blah blah. And you see him next year and the blah 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 blah, and they never sit around and write them. And I have so many of my friends that, you you if this is a business that is going to kick you in the shins over and over and over again. As I'm telling you, right? Now, how many people here? I'm not going to right? yeah, I mean, it's gonna you. So you're walking into that, right? You're walking into that. So so be aware of that, okay? And address things, things like envy. I mean, hell, I would like to do that. I would like to do that. But that's, that's not the cards, at least today or tomorrow. <laughs> so, so there you go. So the art of war, Steve Pressfield. Okay, if you're serious about that, invest in that. And it not just has to do with, 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 with writing even though he's a writer, but he's also talking about the other things that you have to do. For some reason, creativity, people who are creative, like artists, this happens to a lot, I don't find inspiration, you know, that kind of thing. Waiting for inspiration. No, uh, uh, Jack London said, you go, you find inspiration, you club her on the head, and you tell her to help pay the bills. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 um, another playwright said, Inspiration knows where to find me. At my desk between 9 and 12. I'll be there. I better show up. Right. So that's what you have to do. So, anyway, that's my story. If any of you guys want to jump in or disagree with me, that'd be great. So, yeah? Okay.
0: There's a lot of talk. When we have panels like this, this always feels like a therapy session to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very therapeutic. We all have confessions. Um, it's easy to think about writing in terms of its production. I know that I did when I was crunching the numbers. It's all about production. It's all about getting uh, words on the page. But um, I also always think to myself that it's about uh, personal growth and self-expression, too. And I, I cannot grow if I do nothing with the art. Right? I'm static. There's, there's some sort of uh, life experiences that are helping me. I mature. What I worry about now is I'm degrading. Um, you know, changes are happening all the time. So when we talk about being productive and going out and doing this sort of thing, I, I don't think it's so much you, you kick yourself about um, did I do a thousand words a day or did I do 200 or something else, but did you actually do anything to increase yourself as a writer, as an artist? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I like to read, write entertaining things, but I think that it's entertaining when it's, um, Revelatory of the human condition in some way, and the only way I can do that is really kind of look into myself. And the best way for me to look into myself is to write, um, because when I'm on the couch and the TV's on, I'm not looking <coughs> at myself. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And if I'm on the couch and the TV's off, I'm napping. And I'm not. Sure <laughs> <you're> <laughs> so, so for me, the the writing every day is not just about am I piling up the words, although you do. It's about am I growing as a person as a writer, and the only way to know how to do that is to do the writing, is to work on that. Yeah. Yes.
6: So I have a question um, kind of regarding that same thing, if particularly if you're not familiar with whatever it is you might be writing about is the research are we counting research as part of our writing?
3: Oh yeah, like, it's, a, you know, it's Even a if we're part. not
6: necessarily writing, but maybe gathering?
3: I, I gain a lot of inspiration in that part of the process. I, I love doing the research. I love talking to people who are doing weird things out there and out on the edge of the scientific frontier or whatever. Uh, you know, again, writing uh, is fed by what we immerse
4: ourselves in. And so the research is, is a very important part. But you do have to be careful because you can't let yes. the research become the only thing you do. Mm-hmm. And you can do too much research and too much you know, you you're creating this world, and you're, you know, you do this and you do that, and you know, if if less than ten percent of what you have done in your research is actually going to end up in the book, you've done too much research. Um, you know, you you've got to cut it off, and and it is it is good to as as they've said, you know, give yourself a certain this number of words every day, or you know, this much time, or whatever works for you. That has to actually be writing, not research, just, you know, right. fingers on the keyboard, doing something other than just...
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, like we have uh, Rocky Mountain Fiction, writers for the term beach hot button chair hands on keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. But, you know, like I said, you have to be honest with yourself, right? You have, if, if you're getting to the point where you're doing, you're sitting down at your computer and you're Googling research, but in the back of your mind, you've got this thing that says you're not writing, then... No one's gonna know that but you. But 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 like, th- there's nothing that says that you cannot, for example, go on a trip and not write what you're doing on this going on going this trip. And you're researching, you're absorbing things, and and that's gonna come out in your work. But ultimately, if you're just going on a trip after trip after trip, and not getting around the writing, then you're just you just fully yourself. Like that's, that's the thing is like, there's not you, there's like um, there's not just one thing that like like. Like Ed said, "You know, whatever works for you, but don't fool yourself into thinking you're being productive and you're not being productive, and only you are aware of that. If you can only, if you're like Hemingway, can only do, you know, Hemingway i hey, 'I'm not, uh, His thing was, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink until I finish writing. So that was his motivator. Right? <laughs> 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 and, he put up, and a typewriter. And, and he 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 he, you know, how people talk about you shouldn't be sitting down and write cause you write because it's back for your health. Well, he would stand up, and he had a typewriter that was in a little." Uh, an and he would type away, and then he what he would hit 350, which was probably what, two pages, two and a half pages, and he would just, you know, I'm done for today, the and then he'd go to the bar and drink and get the fights. And, and would, you know, and that, that was, was research. research. That was yeah, research. research. <laughs> <laughs> honest, I, mean, like, you, I have the messiest house in the world. I mean, there are other writers who are like. I do not have that problem where I'm like, you know. In fact, I I would say my resistance is the housework. <laughs> so my my writing is an outlet, so I can escape work because I go on like, man, this is a dirty bathroom. However, I wrote a thousand words today. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Justified to me, right? Nobody's going to pay me any money for a clean bathroom. That was actually one
6: of the things I was going to ask because the other the other uh, class was about your cluttered space, your cluttered art space, and when I've seen writers. Uh, Rooms, Asimov in particular, I mean, there's piles of this, that, and the other, papers, books, research, mm-hmm. and coffee cups, and everything <coughs> else. I mean, does it really matter?
1: It's, you know, there are, are people... I'll, I'll oh, let you go. Well,
2: put it this way, uh, again, it's an individual thing. Some people absolutely need that anal retentive organization for their workspace Mm -hmm. because they see it, I mean, some people use it as an excuse because they could spend a lot of time cleaning up and ordering and sorting, but other people need that clean, well-lit, ordered workspace because that's a reflection of how their mind is functioning and that's what makes them feel comfortable. So for some people it's a good idea; other people it's just an excuse. Now, the one thing I wanted to add to this matter of research is, particularly when writing science fiction, I, you know, I do my I do my, I've done my research for science fiction stories, but when I do it, um, I'm always I'm not looking to immerse myself in everything there is to know about my subject. Um, when I've written science fiction. I know I don't need to write wiring diagrams. I don't need to design circuit boards. I just need to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So that people don't look at my work and say, ah, this is all BS. This guy knows nothing at all about science or technology. I do know something, but not a whole lot. I just try to find the right stuff that makes it sound real to more knowledgeable people when they read it. But the important thing for me has been discovering that when I'm researching something, the greatest benefit is the serendipitous discovery of stuff in that research that I am triggered to use in other stories, Mm -hmm. things I didn't, things I never knew I wanted to write about, that that I'm sort of lucking on. Uh, You know, the greatest, uh, (coughs) I think, the greatest uh, uh, problem for people that get it too much in love with research, and I've seen this particularly with people who world-build for their 22-volume fantasy trilogies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they become more in love with the background of their storytelling than the story itself. And that, I think, can be a real danger. Mm-hmm. Finally, I I, I've got a, new, got a new theory that I'm working on here. Uh, Listening to what uh, Jim said and what Mario said, um, I think all of us up here are representing a certain area of the writer's mind. And what I mean by that is more and more I'm seeing Jim Van Pelt as sort of the super-ego of the writer's mind, and Mario is the it. I thought
1: I was going to say Mario is the it. (laughs) (laughs) I was
4: well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, okay. also wondering if there's another part of the existence, which is after you've written, now we do expect to the publisher of the content and getting it out there. How do you, how do you um, address resistance to
1: it's here, now I have to sell it? That's that, well, that resistance is, and, and that's one of the things that I struggle with in that um, you know, what what is it worth my time uh to do? Uh you do something and it doesn't it's not effective and then sometimes it, it might be impatient with it. Um it's the uh, that's the entrepreneurial side of it. and that's something that I would really I, I guess to address that is to get around more people that are entrepreneurs, serious entrepreneurs, and and, and to um and to pick up, I pick, I was talking about some of the things that have been bothering me about my my writing. and Well, the post-writing part, things that I've written. And I was talking to other guys, and I'm like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, okay. And, and, and then I talked a little bit about why I didn't want to do that. And one of the things is failure, you know. You don't want to... Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, collect rejection letters, and I don't care what they say, even though it's so nicely worded, it's still, fuck you, go away. and so, you know, we don't, well, no one likes that. That's, that's why they're called rejection letters. And, and uh, same thing, you know, you really want to, you know, say, oh, put something out on e-book, and uh, oh, put it out on Kindle, and make a million dollars, and I known people put out stuff on Kindle, you know, and maybe make $10 a month, you know, something like that, and, and other people, you know, people have email campaigns and or, uh, like, MailChimp campaigns that work, and they work great, and some people don't. I would just say, you know, consistency, getting in, into, putting a message out, and that's one of the things that, I, that I've seen. That is something kind of different than, why am I not writing, but maybe next year they should have a... a a panel called "Why Am I Not Marketing?" That's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. Getting back into your space—the idea about writer space—that I went somewhere and, and in a similar panel, and the writers up there were getting all woo-woo on me, talking about the sacred writer space and writing panels, <laughs> inviting the muse in or you know, whatever. And I'm like, my writer space is the sausage machine. You know, it's like crank that thing up at eight o'clock in the morning and get that side of there. Make time to make the donuts. You know, and, and that's the way I see that. Uh, but you know whatever works is like some people come into my room and I not, can't even stand to be in here much <laughs> and sometimes it's counterproductive because I I I, uh, I I lose letters lose correspondence and I waste a lot of time and, and that in itself is a form of resistance okay in that mm-hmm. you, you know, you know why, why am I letting those things happen okay maybe it's a subtle subtle way of me not wanting to deal with something so I like stick it there and I'm like oh it's too late I don't have to make a decision because the deadline has passed, the decision is made for me, rather than me planning up and saying, you know, I really don't want to do this, or maybe I want to do this and I have to spend time on that. Thing. So you have to kind of think through that psychology of what is it that you're doing and, and uh, uh, you're not doing uh, for that. You know, whatever space works. It's like some people, I've gone to some other writers' market. So you could do hip surgery in, in their writers' <laughs> space. It's all neat and clean, and they got two monitors and, and everything, and that's what they have to do and they are productive.
0: Anybody else? So, your question, um, I thought there was a thought with that, about why I don't write, and that is, for me, um, I have two very discreet hobbies uh, or obsessions or whatever. One is writing, and on the writing side, I'm trying to write the very best thing I can. But the other hobby is, what do I do with the material afterwards? And I know a lot of writers that get stuck on, because they can't separate it. They're thinking, well, I need to know everything there is about marketing before I can work on this piece. And it's just a total mistake. And also, it's clear to me now that the publishing field is too wide for any one writer, except some genius writer, to know all of the options that are available to you. You don't have to know all the options. Do the option that you know. And as a short story writer, for me, the option I know is to submit to short story markets. That's what I do. There are (gasps) other things out there I don't know about. I'm learning about them. But I don't let it make me not write because I don't know what to do with the product, or I don't know everything you can do with the product. Anybody else have another question?
4: I uh, yes, go ahead I comment. I've run into several new writers who were desperate. They, they'd written this story and finished it, but no one can look at it. You, <laughs> cannot, you cannot see this. No one can see this. And it's like... That's not what you wrote this for. You need to get it out there. This, this is, yeah, it's the hard part because you know you you finished and you've had that wonderful, oh, I'm finished, and then you look at it and every writer has this dichotomy going on in their brain. This is the greatest thing that has ever been written, and it's also complete and utter crud that nobody's ever going to like. And getting over that. I gotta let other people see this. I have gotta let other people read this. It's it's it can be a big hurdle. Yeah, and is. and there's yeah. people out yeah. there that <laughs> have got piles and piles of, of books and and short stories and stuff that they've written that no one can see. It. Yeah. Yeah. If you want
1: to be a good writer, complacency is probably your biggest enemy. You, mm-hmm. you tend to think I'm good enough. Well, this is good enough, and it's not because mm-hmm. the bar is always being raised. It's always changing on you, and uh, you're not you're not pushing yourself to to write as as, as well as as you should. Mm. Um, um, the other thing is, is that um, like like you in this groups, you know, if you want to write, you know, whatever works for you. I, I know some people who do not like writing group groups because they, they consider that writing by committee, right? Which I don't agree with, but that's the way they see it. So, but I would say writing groups, getting involved with people who are as in, who are as invested as you are in writing. You don't want to get in a group that. There's, there's like people there who are always sniping. It's very easy to sit on the sidelines and critique other people's work, and they don't submit something. Right, so you want to stay with that. You also want to stay with people who are not serious about writing, right? Who. Who maybe are working through issues. I've had that. Somebody come in, and bring in the same chapter over and over, and they're working on their bipolar issues. I'm like, well, this is, <laughs> right, this is, this
5: is, this is I've been on that route.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I do think advice. that having other people read your stuff is critical, uh, not only for the, the quality of the thing, but just to get you out of that little roadblock. It's, it really, really helps to, and, and don't have people read it who love you, okay? <laughs> people who like you, that's good, but who are willing to get out the red felt pen and say, right. why is this, or why do I care, or why not put this up here? Uh, You've got to check your ego at the door when you write. I have uh, two tricks.
0: If you want to, if you're just stuck and trying to figure out, what can I do, some mechanistic thing, to get myself to write when I'm not writing, you're just not producing words you'd like to do. One is uh, co-write with somebody. Mm-hmm. So get together with somebody. And say, hey, let, would you like to write a story together? And I think the best way for that, for me, that's worked for that, is not two writers sitting at the same computer. But you know, like one says, let's write a story with this title. Maybe that's all you need. And you give the title to the other writer, and say at the end of the week you're going to give me the first four paragraphs of that, or the first 200 words, or whatever and they send it to you, and then you've got a deadline to send them back. Just the pressure of having another person can help you write. And the unexpected benefit of co-writing is when you're not writing, you know that the story's still progressing, which is really, really cool. (laughs) Uh, But the other one I like is a uh, a software program called Write or Die. Does anybody know this program? Oh, look it up. Write or Die, it's a a very inexpensive program, but uh, it has a word processor with a timer on it. So, the the way the program works is you say, well, I would like to write 500 words in 30 minutes or something, and you just start the clock, and you're in your screen, and you're writing, and you're writing, but it's timing you. It's watching you. So, if you were slow below the pace Uh, to finish 500 in 30 minutes, the screen gradually is getting a deeper and deeper red. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can set it on harass mode. (laughs) (laughs) It will start saying mean things to you. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's even worse, there's a kamikaze mode that if you fall too far behind it will start deleting words you've already written. (laughs) (laughs) But it also has (coughs) nice modes too. You can put it on reward mode where every 500 words it will show you a picture of a kitten or porn, whatever. (laughs) But uh, I really, I've used it with students who have trouble writing just the little trick of doing that. It's a free online. If you just go online and use it and don't download the program to your computer, it doesn't cost anything at all. Then you can cut and paste it and put it into your word processor that you use. It's, It's just a trick, right? But sometimes we need a trick. Uh, it's the trick of saying, well, I'll reward myself like Hemingway did with a lot of liquor after I finish my writing in <laughs> a fist fight. Yeah. Or you say, uh, I, I, I know I have that piece of cake in the fridge, but I'm not, I can't eat it until I, I... It's the equivalent of what I was when I was a kid and I was playing basketball. I was a terrible basketball player. But I go out in the driveway and say, well, I can't go in and have that soda that's in the fridge until I make 10 free throws a uh, just It's a game, uh, but it made me a better free throw shooter. Um, eventually, uh, <laughs> but, um, so write or die is fun, um, and there's a couple variations of it. But that that one, I bought it just because it's too cool to have not have. And the other one is uh, try try a co-writer if uh, you're just really stuck, and look at all the people that are around you. I did uh, a story with a writer named Brian Hopkins, who's won a couple, of, I think a couple of Stoker awards, at least one Stoker yeah. award, and uh, I met him online, and we co-wrote two stories together. We sold both of them uh, before I'd ever met him at all. We never face-to-face until we both we'd read these two stories together and had all this correspondence and stuff. And it turns out that I could talk to him a lot easier online than face-to-face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's an actually uh, 3.0 sure. yeah, well. version of Write or Die that you should check out. But I don't think Jim has checked yet. The two, the <laughs> two, two, things, this the two things that it does One is, if you don't make your deadline, it'll shock you. (laughs) And if you don't make the second deadline, it'll kill your pet.
6: One of the things that, I guess, when I was very young, I was a much better writer, and of course life takes over and things happen. Um, But what I noticed was if I had a block on a particular story that I was writing or poem or whatever, that it seemed like I was able to kind of do a short little kind of journal entry for myself to write what I know is going on. Kind of like Michael was saying earlier, if something's going on in the day and maybe you can't get over that and that might be a part of your block, then you could write about whatever the pancakes that you had that morning or you know is it i guess one of the things that i want to know is um have you ever used something like that where if you're if you're blocked write about something else kind of a thing i i
4: know i know of writers that do that you know if they're blocked okay i'm going to set this aside i'm going to write this other thing and uh they'll uh you know, have two, three, four things going at a time and that works for them. I know other writers who are like, No, no, I am blocked, but I'm gonna sit right here and I'm
5: okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well <what> that happens to me sometimes if I change venues. I tend to work from home, but if I go to a coffee shop sometimes just a different change in environment just that makes me see what the block is. So sometimes I would I would I might recommend that. Or if you run a coffee shop, I'll go to a different company.
4: Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm honest, honestly. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: okay, I found it like, okay.
4: g
1: I'm trying to be clever and when I'm not clever
3: I or feel dull I don't write very well. And I'm doing a Sherlock Holmes challenge now and my title is Be he Never is So Humble. There's no police like Holmes. <laughs> uh, and, but, uh,
1: I just can't write when when I feel dull. It's just gotta get
6: that caffeine or <laughs>
1: What, whatever works for you there, like I said, you you have to justify it
6: to yourself. Okay. And there any other I think questions? There's a seven percent solution. To that? About running out of time. Okay, I've talked to some writers that keep a list of um, ideas, so so it's sort of like mm-hmm. writing to your
0: own prompt. So mm-hmm. I'm stuck, but I wrote somewhere. Um, What happened
6: to the beagle after the fire? You know, it was just a question or image or a scene where they keep a list of questions or thoughts or ideas and then sort of their when all else fails, I'll pull out one of those.
3: Back there, yes sir. Do you ever do writing exercises
0: to try and get back on track? Sure, absolutely. I'm doing a challenge for myself. I I have an hour presentation at three and I'm gonna talk a little bit about this. But uh, all kinds of things can be the provocation for a story. I, I really like uh, Bruce Holland Rogers' story, The Dead Boy at Your Window. I just think that's a brilliant piece, and you can find it online. But it was the result of a writing prompt from a writing group, and they said, start a story with a lie. Um, whatever gets you started, I do, uh, I'll do poetry crawls, where I'll just you Google in uh, 50 or, uh, good lines of poetry. And they'll just come up with websites and, and just a nice string of words together. Might get me thinking. It may not have anything to do. And all kinds of writing exercises can be helpful. Just about anything can work. You,
1: you don't know. Sure. I hate prompts. <laughs> I mean, I know some people love them. I personally, I, I, even before I got published, I was very intimidated because some people are really, really good at running on the spot like that, and I, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I get enough from my own story. What motivates me I guess would be envy, right? I just get online and look at all the authors and all the money that they make. <laughs> 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 you superstars! I'm gonna channel that energy and I'm gonna be richer than you guys and I'm gonna hire you to mow my lawn. You know? JK Rowling and wash my dishes. Yes ma'am, yes ma'am, back there. Um, what do you do if you have a
6: really seriously entrenched Case of Writer's Block. Um, a few years ago, somebody told me that I couldn't write something on my own blog, and so I stopped writing that because it was somebody I really respected. Okay, I stopped writing that, but that meant I stopped writing everything and everything that I tried to do. All the t- tips, I've been coming here every single year, going to panels like this, not necessarily you know names this, but like this. And I have tried every single tip and. I can't even write on my own blog anymore. Much less write the stories that are still popping in my head and going, "Hey, yeah, you could write about that beagle after the fire, and you could this and you could that, and I just you know, button seat, fingers on the keyboard, and nothing
1: comes out of it." I would I would read that book. I would, write, I would invest that seven or eight dollars on, on the War of Art and read that, and then ask yourself seriously, what is the what is the nature of that roadblock, mm-hmm. and then ask yourself if, if you really want to write. I mean, maybe maybe something in your head is saying maybe it's time for me to move on or do something else. Okay, or maybe for you to say what 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 is, what is that source? What is, what is putting that? that and we have one. Go, go ahead. And you
3: know, part of it may be that you just need to sit down, and write. Yeah. And but write about something you're passionate about that you love. Don't try to do this great story. Don't even make it organized. Do a stream of consciousness.
1: Just get yourself back into that, right? Okay. We are, unfortunately, out of time. So thank you very much. Everybody write a lot. <laughs> Everybody write a bestseller. And i like waving to my face.
0: <laughs> if you like this, check out some of our other shows like D20 Proof, Knapsack Comedy, and Mr. Wright. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.
6: Oh,
5: yeah.